Soldier Boy and Twitch off to a rocky start in the new year. Fire Emblem Heroes releases bundles that are less than stellar. Smash Bros. DLC Datamine Leak rumor? Maybe? And are we getting a Nintendo Direct sometime this month? All this and a whole lot more, you're listening to CantoCast. Welcome to CantoCast. I don't care what episode it is, but it's the second episode of the year, I think. No, first? I think it's the first, because I think we were still talking about what was happening for New Year's, and now this is after the New Year. Hang on, let me look. Let me look up my uh, episode in my ever-helpful Anchor app. Yeah. December 28th. No, yeah. So this is the first episode of the New Year. Happy New Year, everybody! Yeah, you haven't made fun of me for what happened on New Year's yet in an episode of the podcast. That's true. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe we just didn't talk about that. Who knows? Uh, yeah, no, for real. Um, Anchor app is is pretty darn handy. I, I'm sure you've heard the, uh, the the ad already at the beginning of the show. So, you know, if you're thinking about checking out the podcast, hit up uh, Anchor because it's a good place to to host stuff on. Stop advertising. Anyway. <laughs> We have uh, a couple different things to talk about today. We're gonna we're gonna be talking about newsy type things. Uh, we got Soldier Boy back in the news. Twitch has just had one heck of a week. Uh, Smash Bros DLC datamine slash leak slash rumor. We're gonna go over some of that. Uh, do we have a Nintendo Direct coming? We don't know. We'll talk about it. Uh, Frosty Fest Splatfest has concluded. Uh, we had the Heroes New Year's Bundle debacle that happened. Uh, Dragalia Lost is having a kicking New Year. We're going to reference that as well. And uh, Pokemon Go also had a little bit of a headline earlier this week when they closed their last round of funding, or their latest round of funding, I should say. Not the last round, but uh, the latest round that they had. And it, it was a lot. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but we'll talk about it later. We will. So let's go ahead and start uh, following up on a bit of news that we covered last time. That being Soldier Boy. Uh, he had this really weird game consoles. There are multiple. Multiples. Yeah. So there's like, I think, three different ones. And like, no, there the, were more. Okay. Well, wow. And <laughs> there's so a lot. He yeah. was going out and saying he had partnerships and like contracts with these companies to have these games, which. Right. He well, we don't need to recap. I'm not. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but we don't need to recap because okay, well, it's not that big a story. No, it isn't. But I think it's still just really funny. It just seems so, very ignorant of him. Yes. Okay. Great. So, let me get to the point, Jenna. So, oh, I'm Brian, by the way. And this is Jenna. We're married, and we do this show. That was really awkward. I forgot to say our names. Oh well. You need to have like you know remember in the old days when you had like an intro. I used to. You need to just like settle on something yeah. and just keep saying it, and so it's like in there when yep, you start great. the show. So anyway, Soldier Boy. Let's talk Soldier Boy. He uh, did some some bad mouthing to Nintendo, if you recall. In fact, he said Nintendo ain't gonna do shishin to me, among other comments, because. Uh, no one can touch Soldier Boy. Well, uh, oddly enough, at the beginning of the week, I think, earlier this week, 
or last week, I guess, because it's Monday now that this is up. Uh, Soldier Boy just mysteriously took down his game consoles from his website. Do you think he did it, or was it like somebody else? I think somebody got a very sternly worded cease and desist letter. That's what I think happened. <laughs> Has he commented on it? No, not really. No, I think there might. There, I, I believe there was like a one sentence tweet in response to it, but it didn't really address anything, and it was just kind of like a whelp type response. But it didn't actually address anything. It was just kind of like a "What are you gonna do?" type tweets. Uh, I mean, he like made a lot of noise about it, so people That's, are gonna. He was have... very flamboyant. He was very. Uh, some would even say abrasive. About it. It was just, like, it was inevitable. Well, yeah. Because when you... Because <laughs> you can't call out a company and say, well, they're not going to do anything. Because then the company's going to be like, well, but what about copycats? What if everybody starts it? So, you know, like, you can't... Yeah. Nintendo couldn't leave that alone. And, and it they wasn't going just to. Nintendo games, though. It could have been somebody else. It was Nintendo. It was mainly Nintendo <laughs> It was Nintendo. Let's be real. Uh... Reggie got on the horn, and immediately, you know, took took to the took to the street. Uh, it was funny though because Soldier Boy actually started following uh, today, which is Sunday. The uh, the host and founder of the Game Awards. Yeah. Like several days after his console got taken down, so in response, I tweeted at the guy, petitioned to get best console of the year in Game Awards 2019. <laughs> <laughs> it got a couple likes, but uh yeah, I thought that was that was good because they don't have that. Which I mean, it, it doesn't make sense that they would cuz it's all about bringing people together and well, you, know. you don't release a console every year. That's also true. Soldier like Boy does. <laughs> Soldier Boy cranks that. What was it called? What was it Crank That Soldier Boy? Crank that, that, yeah, I think Crank That is a proper Crank term. Crank That Soldier Boy, yo! I don't yeah. know if that's the lyric, but he does use the word crank in some form or fashion. Well, I guess he had to stop cranking out production <laughs> of his uh, gaming console. Rest in peace. Um, F's, F's for Soldier Boy. Uh, Twitch was in the news. A lot, as of recently. <laughs> you know, it's only been like it hasn't even been a week. Well, of they 2019 had they yet. had like the big um, New Year's Eve Ninja stream that was like supposed to be this big thing. Yeah. They blew up about it because they were advertising on other people's streams for this other like basically click away kind of stuff. Well, it was so an, people got mad about it. Was that. an ad directing other people? Which, can, yeah. Can I just comment on that real quick? Go ahead. I need to comment on this. I don't remember if we did it already. As, as a creator, okay, listen. If Twitch wants to advertise someone else, like a stream that they are promoting on everybody's channel, they can do that because they're a private company and they can do whatever they want. And it's Amazon, so they're going to do that if, they, if it makes them money. Um, but if, <laughs> if that's the piece of marketing that got your... like. You're not going to blow up. You, a, a Twitch streamer of 20 concurrent viewers, is not going to blow up on a single night 
and you're not going to have this make or break moment. Believe me, I know, I tried for a year. That's not how it happens. Uh, you're not going to have this make or break moment. And if someone gets sidetracked by a 30 second ad after clicking on your stream, after not even seeing your stream yet, decides to go to this other thing that for somehow or whatever reason they didn't know was happening even though Twitch and Amazon were promoting it like crazy, then you're probably not going to be entertaining enough to hold their very tiny attention span anyway. So it doesn't matter. Well, here's That's the, my opinion. Here's the thing also. I don't think it's right. No. I, I think it's kind of a party foul at most. Yeah. But I don't think it really made an impact. But as long as they were doing it on everyone's stream, like that ad was showing up on everyone's stream, I think that's the only way for them to like give that kind of promotion um, and say that they were they were doing it fairly if it affects everyone on the platform and not just like select few. Well, I mean, it do- like, like, like I said, it, yeah. it doesn't matter. It do- like I we tuned in to the New Year's stream for like twenty ish minutes. I thought it was boring. And I like I'm not I'm not into Fortnite. Like I I understand it has mass appeal for whatever reason. Um I just I don't find Ninja to be all that engaging or entertaining. I think he's uh a word that I'll refrain from using. Uh kind kind of a bro, you know? But he's just like he's just not who you connect with. And like there's yeah. a bunch of people that do connect with those. And he might he might be streamers. different. IRL, like I don't know, like everybody's got their shtick that they put on to like draw viewership and stuff. Um, like there's there's a lot of streamers, or well, a handful of streamers that I met that are vastly different uh, in real life than they are on uh, on stream on camera. And I just I don't find the game all that appealing. I don't like I watch Fortnite when Drew Mr. Talent streams it. Yeah. Because I th- I think he in general is an entertaining person. Yeah. And I'll throw support to him. But uh, Ninja, Tyler Blevins, I just don't find all that engaged. Like, I don't find him all that exciting. Um, but when when we went to go put it on the television um, from the app, we were streaming it with Chromecast, it was suggesting uh, four other channels that I check out as well. But they were the four other people who were also co-streaming with Ninja at the time. So, like... I don't watch Fortnite. I've never browsed the channel. But <laughs> Twitch, the Twitch app seemed to think for whatever reason that, oh, here's some great channels you might be interested in. P.S. They're all live in, in Times Square right now, every last one of them. And so, like, I don't know. Like, it, they, they can even manipulate, like, the suggestion page like that to promote what they're, what they're trying to um, showcase. So I don't, I don't think it matters one way or another. How they go about it? I like I said, they didn't really uh, give people much of a heads up. Uh, they just said like, "Hey, we're doing this." They didn't really uh, scout for feedback. Another thing they didn't give people a heads up but, was is trying to break that floss record in New York. Yeah, that was the other thing. I feel like if you were trying to um, like outdo a Guinness World Book record, you should have told people well, that you were that's what you were doing or plan ahead well, let, instead of hold just on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, yelling hold on. to the crowd. Let's back up. Okay. Okay, back Jenna up. jumps way like she doesn't coach you through things like I do, and I apologize <laughs> for that. Uh, first of all, Ninja tried to get a million people in Times Square to do the floss, which is a 
quote unquote Fortnite emote dance, which we also found out today was a song done by the Backpack Kid, who is tone deaf, by the way. <laughs> I have I have a musical background, all right. That kid can't sing, and the music video is digitally altered. I can promise you that. Um, most I feel like most people are nowadays, a lot of, but yeah. Um, so Ninja had this whole thing where he went out during Times Square. Uh, it was raining, and uh, they tried to get, or he tried to get everybody to do uh, the dance, which uh, failed miserably. Like there were, I think there were two people actually moving in the crowd that the camera picked up on, but they weren't actually doing the dance. They were just like smiling and possibly, like possibly paid by whoever was broadcasting. I don't know. But nobody else, like, it was just a standstill. Well, it was kind of miserable when you're down there, and he did yeah. it pretty late in the day. Um, so, like... Well, they didn't start till 4 p.m., I think. I Eastern. don't know. It, here's the thing. If that was their intention, was to break this record, they didn't They didn't really do the Again, thing very well. Let me let me back it up. Months ago, because <laughs> Jenna keeps failing to mention this part, I will fill in the blank. Okay. Months ago, in uh, Times Square... There were 700,000 people who broke the Guinness World Record uh, for dancing, and they were doing the floss. So we found out today, it was in a PewDiePie video, I think, that um, it was reported that uh, they had done that uh, dance to break a world record like back in like September, October, I think is what it was. And so... It would make a lot of sense if Twitch was trying to break a world record. Either by streaming standards or, I guess, dancing standards. Which I don't think they broke the stream record either. Because that was another thing. They tried to get a million people into Ninja's stream. So everyone that was co-streaming with him dumped their entire channels into his. They hosted, To yeah. boost him. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think they hit it. Um, I'm, I'm fairly confident they didn't hit it. I don't know. I didn't hear that they did. So. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, you didn't hear about it, so that's why it didn't happen. Okay. You just know. I feel like it would be in my stream in some form or fashion. There's there's a handful of things happening in the news right now that may be real or uh, uh, embellished. And I know what the truth is because I would be hearing... Nothing else about it, if that were the case. But it's not happening, because I haven't heard about it. And if it did happen, I'd be hearing about it. It's one of those situations. If they broke a world record, you you bet they'd be throwing Amazon money to like promote that. And it was funny too, because like Ninja was just in a. Um, uh, is it is it Vanity Fair that does those videos where like they reveal? The, the person does like the, the board revealing. About yeah. themselves? Is it Vanity Fair? I don't remember. Is it's it, one it's of those. It's one of those. Like, yeah. But it was, uh, one of the questions was, does Ninja swear? And he's like, uh, no, no, I don't swear. Um, like, I'll maybe, I'll maybe curse in front of family, like, every now and then, but, like, it, it's nothing bad. And there are literally audio clips of him, like, shouting at his computer, people he's playing against in Fortnite to shut the F up. But do you think that was pre pre like PR? No, th this is rebrand. This is rebranded yeah. Ninja. Ninja doesn't swear now. But I just think it was funny that he tried to like cop it off like, no, I've never done that. 
Uh, no, he. Like he's always been squeaky clean. No, he. Well, he hasn't. That the way that he responded in my and like how I interpreted it was he was trying to like dodge the question a little bit by saying that he does swear but he doesn't do it in like front of children I, and his grandma. <laughs> I just I just think it's so it has to be really frustrating from his end to be uh, under such lock and key now after having so much freedom because you gotta remember Ninja was streaming back before Twitch was Twitch it was just in .tv yeah like just a live cam social site thing before Twitch took over and made it kind of this gaming platform revolution whatever um, so someone who's been on a live stream platform with that much freedom and just kind of like when you were just basically messing like wasting your time well you have to think about all the endorsements that he has and if he says I know, that's or does what I the mean. wrong thing he it's can gotta lose be all super that. super stressful because he has to have an image now and unfortunately his original image did not fit the brand <laughs> so now like I almost I don't know like I'm not gonna say it's almost like he's being fake but no. he's got to put on this um, this different persona you have to where, be more appealing to where a... you, well, you have to be safe. Yeah. You don't have to be appealing. You have to be safe so that you can be appealing. And I think there's a big difference in that. Because you can be appealing but not brand friendly. That's true. But you're not brand friendly unless you are safe. But if you're not brand friendly and be and you're appealing, then you're... Um, shoot, I just had the term in my head. You're controversial, and that's you're, also... You're independent is what that is. Well, yeah, but you're... All, and you're like, not constrained to... But, and sometimes being controversial in a certain way still gets you that popularity. True. That is true. But at a cost. <laughs> at a big cost, I think. Uh, being controversial is pretty pretty high-risk, high-reward type situation. Uh, I mean, you're going all in with whatever your thing is. I think the, uh, the, the, the Paul brothers have shown us that over the last couple years, which... We're not even going to talk about that because I, it's just Rice Gum and Jake Paul aren't worth my time, honestly. Um, but yeah, Twitch was Twitch was in the news for that, and uh, they also recently had a streamer named uh, Mr. Deadmoth, I believe is is the name. Um, he was banned about a month ago. In indefinitely, I think is what happened, and then. Two weeks later, he's back streaming on the platform. And if you haven't heard about this, um, you may actually be in the minority because uh, Philly D actually covered this story. Yeah. Like months ago. <clears throat> was it and months or it, was, it felt like about a month ago? It was, No, it was longer than that. It was probably back in October. This okay. happened. Well, I feel like he's had multiple instances on his channel with this kind of stuff, but it, it got really escalated yeah. in one of the instances. He, so his wife is pregnant. And he has a, it's like a uh, seven-month-old and a three-year-old, I think. Something like Two that. Two daughters. They're, they're very, like, toddler and younger. And, um, I don't know. His wife was what I would qualify as poking the bear. Just kind of, like, agitating him. Um, and then out of nowhere, he just kind of gets up. Presumably, based on the audio that we hear, the camera was still live. He was still streaming while this was happening. Um, starts like beating his wife and you can hear the kids screaming and uh the oldest one and she's uh, yelling she yells out like stop hitting mommy and um yeah pretty outrageous um gets banned 
turns out to only be a two-week ban, and people lose their minds, uh, myself included, because Twitch's guideline policy clearly states they have a no-tolerance policy against harassment and abusive behavior. Um, so... <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just, like... It wasn't just presumably physically abusive. Like, he was... Like, they were yelling at each other and saying very, like, bad... Like, the, the really scary things, thing... Things, like... The really scary thing from this is I... The, the, the sites that covered it, like Otaku and um, other, other gaming sites and stuff like that, um, even just on social media, like Twitter and stuff, people were saying that, well, she provoked him, like, she had it coming. It's like, no! Are you kidding me? She is taking care of two little girls. She is pregnant. Uh, she is clearly at a physical... Even even if they were the couple type to just, like, brawl it out and, like, get it out their system and be like, this is Sparta, this is how we do this. I'm not judging your lifestyle. But she's clearly at a disadvantage. And number two, you don't hit people when they agitate you. Well, okay, so from what I remember of, There's the, no of excuse. the clip that Philly D had, like played she was asking him like when he was going to stop streaming and he's like saying he's going to be off soon it's going to be soon and she had maybe done that multiple times and then she started kind of poking the bear whatever you want to call it and he became like very agitated started yelling saying like kind of humiliating things or whatever it was he was swearing a lot i can't remember exactly what i said but then to become physical and then can and like disregard her and then just continue streaming in general, as a behavior, is just not healthy. It's inexcusable. Like, let's call it what it is. Like inexcusable. That, that you should not be having an audience with that kind of behavior. You don't have that behavior at all. Certainly not married with kids. Well, no. Like, That's not somebody what should be intervening It's there. inexcusable. Across the board. No reason that should have taken place. Um, and I, I think it speaks more to his... Um, social maturity and mentality than anything, honestly. Because that's just not, that's not how you handle a situation like an adult when you have, you know, two little kids and your wife is pregnant. Like, I... Yeah. It gets you so upset. Like, those it are the kinds me. of issues and that it, you've never been, been comfortable with, it, like, it, in any It kind bothers of- me more that Twitch could just... Okay, you're back on. Like when some like he, I think the biggest Twitch had previously banned a streamer for having a toxic community for like three years. Yeah. And that's just like I think the biggest uproar was the inconsistency of their their punishment. Because they would put like they would ban someone for life or ban someone for months or and, over things that weren't sometimes in their own control. And that is Twitch's prerogative. They are they are free to do whatever they want. They are a private company. They are they are free to have whoever on their platform that they want. Honestly, this whole thing kind of made me want to jump over to Mixer because I don't have like an established deal on Twitch. Like I'm an affiliate. Um, I don't make a living on Twitch. I just I share stuff through live streams and I do it on Twitch because I have that account. Like, I could stream on YouTube and stuff too. Yeah. But, you know, Twitch has the better mechanics at this point in time. 
But uh, I, I've honestly thought about jumping over to Mixer, and this, this did not help my... Like, I left Patreon because they pulled some BS that I was not a fan of, um, where I did have an established income. Um, and I pulled from that because I didn't think it was right, and it wasn't the right choice for my community or my, um, you know, my, my platform. So, you know, I, I've pulled for reasons before, and I would definitely do it again. Uh, but the story does, I guess, have a happy ending. Really, there was an ending. Well, that he's banned again indefinitely. But people were people what? were tweeting at like Twitch employees and being like, "What the hell? What is happening right now?" And everybody's like, "Oh, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, just give me a day. I'll get back to you." Blah, blah. And this was like literally the day after the New Year's Eve stream. This was yeah. on like Tuesday, I think, um, which. Or no, Wednesday. So, like, the day after New Year's. Um, yeah, it was... And and the the worst part was, like, the... What's his name? Uh, DJ Wheat. Like, the, the, the head of Twitch. He was like, I'm not behind every decision. I don't know what's happening. I appreciate your concern, but... You know, I don't have anything to do with it. It was just kind of a very blasé response. I don't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Like, I would have, as, like, someone that's supposed to be, like, a face of the company, I'd be like, I understand your concerns. We'll look into it. It's not, it's not like tweeting at Ninja and being like, Ninja, why did Twitch do this? And then just like, I don't know, man. I don't work for Twitch. Yeah. Like, you are Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> if something slipped through the cracks or you guys just, you know, were chasing that money... Letting a controversial, fi- coming back to the controversy part, letting a controversial figure back on your platform so that you can get them sweet, sweet bit money. Like, okay. No. But at the same time, you, you can't, you can't, you're going to be held to an accountability of transparency, whether you like it or not. Like, that's just how the internet works now. And they even they even tweeted back when they had their their new policy update and changes last year, um, and the tweet actually said something akin to, "Be sure be sure to hold us to this, hold us accountable." Yeah. And I think uh, I think it was Crimson Seabed Chase who uh, I saw a tweet from him that had the original tweet from Twitch captioned and it said, "Well, this tweet didn't age well." Yeah. And I was like, "It's a great point." So why are why are your executives being like, oh, we don't have anything to do with this? I feel like that was just a bad way to handle, like, that was a bad statement to make. Because as, like, a, a, a figurehead of anything, you want to be a little bit more diplomatic, especially during times of controversy or uproar or whatever it is, um, before you just, like, out and tweet something, before you can give, you know, answers or a resolution or, you know, a final say to something. Yeah, and I don't. I don't even think we saw. Let me see if Twitch actually tweeted anything out. They probably didn't. They're not gonna tweet it out from Twitch. They're just. No, they didn't. No, they're not gonna say anything about it because if it's if it's said about anything, it's probably said from you know somebody else. So, to my knowledge, no one's made like an official statement as to why he was rebanned or why he was unbanned in the first place. Um, but I'm sure the truth will come out at some point, and if it doesn't, then it was definitely a money move, and, uh, I don't know, man, like, I know, I know you gotta chase that paper, but, damn, Twitch, well, <laughs> that was a bad choice. Here's the thing that, was that a really like, bad choice. And, and Twitch is 
anything they do, whether it's making someone a partner or making them... Which, um, let's be real, the whole partner standard thing, BS. He, they have a they have a brick road laid out for you. Once you hit all these achievements, you'll get partner. No, 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 no. I know someone, uh, Kieran, Chocolate Kieran, who has hit those requirements multiple times because it resets every 30 days. Yeah. And has been denied, 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 denied. Yeah, so they and have... he's a good dude. I feel <laughs> like... On, in the Twitch company, whoever is granting partnerships, whoever is handling bans, those kinds of things, I, I think in some instances they're not like a mechanical type mechanism where like no, they report something. They're reviewed by people. So they have to have some sort of like guidelines that the person who is hitting that button decides. But the guidelines don't matter. That's the thing. The though. guidelines is basically a way for them to um, obscure any potential rumor that they were being preferential in their decision making of who got partner. That's the thing. Because they like, have to hit these they have to hit these check boxes before they could be partner. We're not playing favorites. It's just the system. No no no. They all still get reviewed. Yeah. Okay. They a decision gets made, but depending on who's making the decision or the circumstances around the decision, it's clearly not like the same across the board. No, it's not. Like they take they take a lot of things into consideration. Um, I've seen people who maybe maybe they do have two hundred viewers per stream. I don't know, but they only got one hundred forty six followers on Twitter. So, uh, okay. Where's the community behind your stream? <laughs> I don't see a whole lot of community strength. Um, I don't really see you advertising your stream all that often. But sure, you are partner material. Why not? Do you know anything about, like, I don't know anything about, was it Mixer? Yeah, Mixer. Well, Mixer, Mixer's like a, a smaller platform, so their standards smaller, are a little bit less. But do they have, like, a similar structure? Yeah. Okay. I mean... I mean, they're, they're, they don't have, like, a bulleted list of requirements like Twitch does. No, I'm just saying, like... But they, they had guidelines before Twitch did. Yeah. And they were open about them. And they were like, this is what we're looking for for partners. It wasn't just this magical crystal ball that Twitch had and was like, or like a like a magic eight ball. Yeah. Where you, you had to, you know, send an email and maybe they let you shake it. And then it would just say try again later. Well, here's, like, Twitch owns so much of that, like, audience that, I guess... In some aspects. In some aspects. Because some have... of the games on Mixer that I've seen have a much bigger following on Mixer than they do on Twitch. So I guess the question would be for like an audience. Do you follow do you go to Twitch because that's where your streamers are or do you go to Twitch because that's your platform? And you have to figure out I think Twitch is just the big thing, man. Like everybody say, "Ooh, Fortnite, Ninja, Twitch." I, I I think they have more money to throw behind the promotion. I honestly think that's it. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's it's a buzzword. Right? I mean, it's a really good so name. So, they have a shop on Amazon. Instantly a leg up. Mixer doesn't have a shop on Amazon. No. Amazon created a merch shop for Twitch. Um, and I think even there are some Twitch partners that have their merchandise shop on Amazon as yeah, well. Yeah, they do. So, even I mean, YouTube it, partners it, it's, do. All, it's all intertwined, man. Like, they, they got it figured out. They have a big market share. They branded it right. They promoted it right. Um, and that's that's how they got to be where they are. 
Twitch would not be anywhere right now without the Amazon buyout. I'm just going to say that. Like, straight up. Amazon threw money behind that because they saw a potential and they wanted it. And if you think about it now, they have all these streamers, like we saw with the New Year's Eve thing. Um, Twitch can promote whatever they want on anybody's channel whenever they want. They can also do a Amazon now. Like you go and look and see how many people are live streaming on Twitch right now. Amazon has an ad spot in every single one of those streamers. Well, here's the thing. That's money. Because Amazon That's is, free ad pop. Well, because Amazon is Amazon, they can get a sponsorship for a streamer. Let's just take Ninja, for example. I know he has a Red Bull sponsorship. They can put a Red Bull ad on that stream and also link it back to Amazon to sell the product. Yeah, it's really scary. I think. I think that's really scary. Because, like, it's kind of like your one-stop shop, but it's the reach is so much different. Like, if you want to go to the one-stop shop of Walmart, you still got to go to Walmart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's an advertiser on the TV who's got to send you to Walmart, or at least to the site. But with Amazon, it's all one thing. It's all Which is terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Um... Not to say that Walmart's any better, because it's not, but either way. Um, yeah, so Twitch, scary. <laughs> uh, making, some, making some bad moves. You know who else had a bad 2019 MatPat? Why? Well, um, he recently came under fire for um, A, kind of misrepresenting what his live stream was with a thumbnail and, and title. So they're playing this game called um uh what is it what is it what is it? Uh shoot. I can't I can't remember. It's heart something. Um heart heart tail maybe it's like uh it's like the next Undertale. But it was it was like a fan game uh inspired by um Earthbound, heartbound. It was heartbound, heartbound. but it had kind of like a, a slight Undertale type feel to it, and he was referring to it as like Undertale Two or something, and um, he just he he was kind of making it sound like an Undertale stream when it wasn't, and so he was kind of trying to like piggyback off of um, the SEO, the keyword search. Yeah. To get people to see this game because they were playing a less popular game and so it wouldn't drive as many um, viewers search and yeah um, so he kind of came under fall for that and then he didn't link the creator of the game in the live stream which people had like a big hairy deal about uh, and then Toby Fox the creator of Undertale got involved and was like no this isn't right you don't mislead people like that and so it just kind of blew up and um, <laughs> Like, he was apologetic about it, but he also kind of stood his ground, which people took as him being um, defensive, and uh, then later he had to revise that statement. And then, like, two days after that, uh, he he ran into this issue where um, some, I think it's Legal Eagle, something like that, it's, it's this lawyer who's on YouTube who, like, debunks stuff, I guess. Um, and Matt Pat recently did a video on whether or not Fortnite dances were uh, a suable 
offense? Like, could yeah. the original creators sue Fortnite? Based on, um, basically, copyright for creative content. Right. Well, evidently, this lawyer guy did a video on that, like, earlier, but Matt's video had been in production since, like, November, and it was, I don't know, a timing thing. I But the, the, the lawyer basically accused Matt of stealing the video entirely, which I can't speak to the authenticity of because I didn't see the other guy's video. Um, but I, I find it awfully convenient that it happened because the, the Fortnite dance video had been out for like a week before the, the Undertale heartbound thing happened. Um, and I find it awfully convenient that the day after this whole Twitter con, because it was like trending on Twitter, like it was that big. Um, after this whole controversy happened, it's suddenly this lawyer's like, Hey, that video you put out like two weeks ago, um... You stole it from me. So I, I think that's pretty convenient, but rough, rough, rough time for MatPat. Rough just, weekend. They, I didn't see the video. I saw the MatPat for one because you were watching it. And I guess in order for you to say that you stole a video from someone, you would have to have either said the same, like almost the same words, like a plagiarism which type thing. Which I don't think they did. Which I don't think they did. Um, but you can't necessarily say because of the the way YouTube is, that you had an idea that was an original idea and it'd be something general like, are the Fortnite dances a suable offense? It just seems like a, a video almost anyone could make. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Uh, not going to get caught up on that. We're halfway through the episode and we haven't even talked like Nintendo stuff yet. You got really ranty. The Frosty Fest Splatfest just happened. Oh boy. What were you... You were participating. I was. I was team friends against team family, which I was surprised because uh, team team family was actually the majority. Let me let me bring the numbers up here real quick. Um, or not. Thanks phone. Thanks phone for not bringing an image up. All right. So uh, team fam had sixty two percent of the votes, with only thirty seven going to friends. So we were team friend was at a pretty big player disadvantage um, but the score wise normal uh, normal mode had 52% of the votes with 48 going to uh, team fam and friend had 52% or no 53% of the votes uh, with 47 going to team fam so uh, team friend had more skilled players I was one of them um, our stream squad actually took a couple 10 time bonuses which was nice, um, but we were killing it. It sounded like you guys were having fun. It was a good time. The uh, the <laughs> the online was a nightmare. Oh, well, more so than always. it has been in the past. Yeah. Like Nintendo Switch Online is bad, but like <laughs> it was really bad. I I was I was dropping a lot. I I think it's I think it may have been partially my router, um, just because I was playing with a wired connection, ironically, on my Switch and. Um, we have one of those routers where it separates Wi-Fi from landline, so it was it was drawing from the same signal, which probably created lag At some issues. point, we should probably upgrade that router. But I'd like to. That's my first thing once I get reemployed, if I ever get reemployed. It all just might come to a, a, a tragic end here soon. But uh, yeah, so Team Friend won, which I was pretty pretty jazzed about. Uh, Heroes had uh, a bit of a, a bit of a rocky end of the year. Uh, we had the New Year's pack 
bundle packs that came out. I, where, saw, uh, I saw you were talking about that. Yeah. So we had New Year's uh, units in the banner, and they quickly announced that the the highest level orb pack you can buy, which is 110 orbs plus 30 free, wink, wink, uh, for $75. That's a lot of dollars. That is. Um, you could also get like a handful of materials like feathers, um, ether stones, which people were not happy about because it made that game mode kind of pay to pay to win. Um, but you could also get one of the f uh, one of the featured five star units from that banner. One of which being um, Fjorm, and the other being Levitane, which I guess were probably the more popular units. Which, if you were going to pull on the banner and just buy those packs to get those units. You were still going to have to risk a double, double red uh, damnation because um, Reed and Guntra were both red units. So you have a 3% chance of getting one of them and then a 50% chance of getting the other after you already hit that 3% win. So I don't understand what you just said, but okay. Very and slim from what I get, From what I gather, the overall consensus was that it was not worth it. People were not happy, no. I mean, so if you're going to spend that amount of money on orbs in the first place, yeah, great that's deal. A, that's a lot of McDonald's you could buy. Great deal. Such a good deal. The best deal. <laughs> if you are if you were trying to entice players to buy orbs for the first time, awful deal. Nah. <laughs> Genuinely awful deal. Um, they've, they've run packs in the, in the past where uh, I think for like 20 orbs and a uh, five-star Black Knight, it was like 10 bucks. Now that's a deal. That's a deal because I think twenty orbs already is like twelve. Mm -hmm. So you were getting the you were getting orbs For at less. a discount yeah. with a free five star unit, which Black Knight's free to play anyway. Like you can get him through um, uh, hero grails and stuff like that. Yeah. So. I mean, that it's is what it is, just but... just getting you, like, a free throw-in with a discount, yeah, a little it, bit of a discount. it's discounted orbs, the main reason you buy the bundle. Well, people were not happy. Um, I'm not going to shame anybody who bought them. Like, that's that's cool. I, I talked to Joe, and he's like, I'm just spending $75 on Fjord and calling it a day, because the last time I tried to get any that I really wanted, I spent $300 and, I, and never again. So, like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> totally get it. Um... I just, I just think it kind of shows a, a slight disconnect between heroes and uh, the player base, which makes me kind of sad, because usually what happens after that is the developers stop trying so much, because it's, it's just a payday for them. Well, unlike, unlike Dragalia Lost. Well, it's a little bit like gambling. You gotta, it is gambling. You gotta, it's 100% gambling. Yeah. It's a mystery box. That's what it is. <laughs> Because you Except buy... there are five orbs in a, in a thing. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, if you're going to buy that many, go for it. But if you're going to buy, like... If you really want this unit and you're going to buy, like, five... I don't know how... What's the lowest orb bundle you can get? Um, like, the lowest orb amount. Like, you can purchase. Oh, like three ninety nine. Yeah, okay. So, let, let's say you're spending three ninety nine, but you do it, like, a bunch of times. And I you, think. Let me, let me double check. Yeah. I, I don't think that matters necessarily for this. I was just trying to be It accurate. always matters. But, like, if you're spending a little bit because you're being compulsive about it, then you're still not getting anything. So you might as well spend a little bit more and get the 75 with the unit. So you can get three orbs for $1.99. Okay. Ten orbs for $5.99. Well, let's say you're doing the ten orbs or something, and you do that, like, a bunch of times. 
and you end up spending more than $75. You might as well just spend $75, get, get the extra stuff. Which I, you know, we have a Radiant Dawn Banner coming up, which features at least Nyla and Tiburn. So, uh, Beast Units, you don't know that. But Beast Units, which have been wanted in the game for like a year. The game's been out for like two. Um, or no. Yeah, almost two. Almost two. two. So, I, I genuinely feel like a lot of people are going to buy those packs once the Beast Units come up. Because they're gonna wail for beast units, you know they're gonna, and they're gonna buy the packs because like they're getting a free five star anyway. Yeah. And the the packs conveniently are good through the entire month of January, which we have several very highly anticipated banners this month. So what I'm gathering is people aren't convinced that they're great deals unless they're already spending the money. Right. And that's my take on it. Like if if you're gonna spend seventy five hundred fifty dollars on orbs. It's a fantastic deal, because you don't have to wail on the banner to try and get a unit that you want. Or if you're going to wail for that specific unit, you already have a guaranteed copy. So, like, it's a good deal. Um, as someone who's not obsessed with plus 10 every new unit that pops up, uh, I don't really think it's that great a deal. And honestly, the, the, the winning unit was Gunther anyway. So, I don't know. Like, the best unit on the banner was definitely Gunther. Hands down. So, I don't know. For what it's worth. Anyway. What about that other game that people you play? Were, people were mad about that. <laughs> what about the other game you play compulsively on your phone or well, tablet? I was, was going to say, Dragalia Lost has like this whole New Year's event going on, which that's Psy Games, which is very different from Intelligent Systems. Um, but Psy Games is like celebrating, right? Like, they're giving out free 10-star fight or uh, 10-fold summon tickets and... Um, they gave like a, a Christmas bonus of like a thousand Wearmite to players just for logging in that day. Um, Is that but, why you keep asking me if I've logged in? Yes, you should be logging in, getting free stuff. Anyway, they they, they uh, they're very gracious when it comes to that. Now, granted, the rates are way worse. Andre Galia lost. Um, let me let me log on quick and try and try and see just how bad they actually are. So, with any given uh, Heroes banner, you're going to be looking at 3% um, for a focus unit. Could be more. Hero Fest, I think, is like 5%. Legendary banners, it's like 8%. Um, which, you know, at, at thought, sounds pretty bad, right? Well, <laughs> with Dragalia Lost, um, you start off with a... There, remember, there's Adventurers, Dragons, and Wearprints. Okay. Um, and for five-star units, you have a 4% chance of getting one of those. Okay. So it's broken up into Featured and Normal. So for Featured Adventurers and Normal Adventurers, there's a half percent chance that you will pull one. For Dragons, same, Featured and Normal. You have a half percent chance to pull one. For Wearprints... Normal and featured, you have a 1% chance to pull. So, even if you have a chance to get an adventurer, it's double odds you're going to get a useless worm print that you don't need. Okay? The rates are awful. <laughs> and there's very little rhyme or reason as to why certain worm prints uh, are a 5 star, because there's a 5 star in the pool right now that's not really all that fantastic. But it's got like limited art, and it's it's seasonal themed, and so it's a five star. 
but the the bonus effect is not that great. You're going to get pity broken by that and be very sad. But I mean, they're at least, I don't know, I'm not super big on Dragalia Lost to the point where I throw money at it. Um, you play for free, mostly. I, I am relatively free to play. Like, I'll do I'll do the weekly Diamantium print, or uh, those, like, what, the, whatever it is, the 99 cent thing. Yeah, you, I'll I buy see those, those pop up on the, on the statement. I buy like, those oh. once a week and save them. Yeah. And every, like, eight weeks or so, I have a, a tenfold summon with that. Yeah. Which is fine. It's, you know, it's 99 cents a week. It's not going to break my bank or anything. Um, but again, you know, for a tenfold summon to purchase in Dragalia Lost, it's like $40. If you just buy the Diamantium outright, it's a lot. <laughs> so, I I think it's almost necessary that they have to uh, be a little more lenient on what they give out. But... Yeah, it is what it is. But for the record, I think they're they're much more in tune with their their fan base, and um, I don't know, man. I just I just feel like uh, Heroes has kind of lost touch with that because they see how big a moneymaker it is. But Dragalia Lost is currently the top grossing um, uh, Nintendo game app that they have, yeah. which is it's still only available in the United States and Japan. Like Canada doesn't even have it yet. Australia doesn't have it. Are you kidding me? Nintendo, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's a th I'm so frustrated because Nintendo's so good at taking money by like offering good stuff. Do you think it has but something then there are... to do with like their servers or like they just don't... no? Is it why? Because would... they run like Pokemon Go. Well, why they, they run Heroes. They run Animal Crossing. They run Mario Run. True. They have server space. They're fine. Well, then why aren't they <laughs> opening it up to other countries? Because they don't. They're so. They, they, they're so good at taking money, but then they're also so bad at taking money. It's so frustrating. They'll come out with something like the Nintendo DS and then the GameCube, which, like, almost bankrupts the company. You know? Like, it's it's so... They'll, they'll have the Wii, where it, it sold Gangbuster. Like, they couldn't keep it stocked on the shelf. And then they come out with the Wii U, and nobody heard of it. I'm so... It's so confusing sometimes. Like, Nintendo's normally pretty on point with stuff. But every once in a while, they have this, this weird occurrence where it's like, oh, nah. <laughs> We're going to make this counterintuitive play and not release it. It's so dumb. It's frustrating. Well, speaking of making money, what about Pogo funding? Because I didn't know yeah. what this meant when you talked about it earlier. So they have another round of funding, which is like... Somebody opens a GoFundMe for, like, 60 days, and whoever wants to pledge money to your product, they can do that. So it's basically like they went to the sharks. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's an open round of funding. Um, some of some of the investors were actually the CEO of Niantic and CEO of Nintendo. So FYI, this game is not going anywhere because the CEOs of the two developing agencies are heavily invested. Uh, and the last round of funding, which Niantic didn't even need... By the way, it was just an open round of funding, not for any upcoming projects or anything like that. Just like, hey, do you want to give us more money? Okay, thanks. $190 plus million dollars from just 26 investors. Can we do the math on that? What's the average? That's a lot of money that Niantic didn't need that they just have in the back now. I want to, where's my calculator? They're just saving it for a rainy I day. Gotta, I gotta do this math. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, I mean, so like on... Obviously, some of them are probably pledged more than others. Yeah. But if you average it, that is about seven point three 
million dollars. Million dollars a a piece. Yep. So um, where's my million? Because I think I need some millions just to throw around. What? (laughs) I have I have an acquaintance uh, who back in 2016 called Pokemon Go a dead app. I know who that person is. (laughs) Oh man. I mean, he plays it now. He's back on the bandwagon. I've razzed him like, about this before. But, but like, in the beginning, whew. once it came out and it was, like, super popular for everyone, there was a lull. I there was a little bit of a lull. I don't think that's true. I think it always had a very dedicated player base. It's just Niantic was so bad at communicating. And they've gotten better. But they were so bad at promoting and communicating with the players. I think community events have really helped perpetuate the game. This too. last year alone was the best year to play Pokemon Go, hands down. And if you stuck with it since launch, you are at a clear advantage over anybody else who started picking it up this year. So kudos to you. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was just very poorly handled. And, you know, if you want to draw in new people who aren't like a hardcore dedicated Pokemon fan base, um, you got to promote your stuff. Like, you got to make it engaging. You got to, like, people, people who are hype about Charmander are going to log into your app and play the game because they have a Charmander. But if nobody cares about Charmander, they're not going to log into your app and play it. You know what? Also, I think that um, mobile games, which some of them do great, some of them not so great, is um, promoting outside of the app. Because a lot of times they Also put, waifus. <laughs> they, they put a lot of their information and in advertising certain events and things like that within the game when you open the game. And if you don't open the game, you don't know anything about that stuff. No. So, like, you gotta go to social media. You gotta, like, do all that stuff. Well, case in point, if you were wondering if Pokemon Go was was going anywhere... It is not. Uh, it's not, because they have, like, $200 million that they just... For fun. Just cash in, in the pocket at this point. <laughs> just not, don't know what to do with just saving it. Um, but I'll tell you, though, man, like, as long as it took them to roll out, like, PvP battles and, and stuff like that... When they when they have articles like this circulating that they got this much money that they don't know what to do with and they they take a long time to introduce stuff to the game like new stuff that people want, ooh, ooh, they're gonna have people breathing down their back, man. They are gonna have people constantly asking why this hasn't been updated or this hasn't been released or why this quality of life thing hasn't been changed and it's it, yeah, yeah. With 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 great money comes great responsibility. That's not the, the you, actual quote. Are you looking forward to community events 2019? I don't know. I we did we did it like in <laughs> I 2018. Guess. It gives me a chance to uh, meet up with Amazus and get out of the house and walk around, or just go and sit outside. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's a little I'm, different because it's like technically winter, even though we've had some really warm. That days. doesn't even bother me. Honestly. But like, I like I like the cold. So like the and I'm excited about Gen Four, so like once they once they completely roll out Gen Four in that line, um, like I'll be I'll be more excited. Like I'm still sad I missed Cresselia, so I'm gonna have to wait for it to show up in like a discovery box or something that they'll do those monthly events. Probably yeah. will show up at some point. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it is what it is. I, I always have a shiny contest in the Discord for, like, that month's community event Pokemon. Yeah. And I haven't been able to do them recently because we haven't had one. Um, and I, I still don't think we've had an announcement for January's community event either. So, I don't know. 
We'll see. Weird. Very weird. Um, now we'll get to the meat and potatoes, which if you're still here after an hour, God bless you. Um, but there is uh, a final story that I intentionally saved for the last in case you didn't want to hear about spoilers. So. Spoilers heavy. Spoilers incoming uh, greatly. Um, I'm really disappointed that you know all of this now. It's, well, it's, so it's not actually a spoiler. The Smash DLC, uh, quote unquote, data mine leak is a rumor. It's not an actual data mine. Um, there was, there was part of a data mine that revealed something that everybody kind of already knew, as well as, uh, code names for like Piranha Plant and Joker. Um, so they're, they're assuming, so here's the spoilery bit. All right. We're going to talk about now. So if you don't want to hear about it, cut the episode. We're done. Um, but again, it's just a rumor. It's not actually confirmed by anybody. Uh, so there, there has been a rumor going around that we have a, a leak of all, uh, four remaining DLC characters for Smash Bros. Ultimate. Um, and part of the reason that makes this rumor slash leak credible is this same guy uh, evidently predicted the Joker reveal from Persona 5. Um, so it was reported on Gearnuke that um, on the Japanese forum site 5 channel, user Mr. Anonymous, Desperate, <laughs> which, which is translated from Japanese, obviously, um, they, they, they had it right about Joker, and so they revealed that the, the remaining characters are Erdrick from Dragon Quest, uh, Ryu Hayabusa from Ninja Gaiden, Steve, aka the default avatar in Minecraft, and Doom Guy, aka the Marine, um, from Doom. So the, that seems to be the final reveal pack. And the reason why they're saying that is, uh, you know, they had the, the Joker name in the, the Datamine leak of Ultimate Source Code paired up with the uh, names of uh, Erdrick and Piranha Plant. So they knew that Joker and Piranha Plant were already there, and then they saw Erdrick. Or presume what what the code name was presumed to be Erdrick, um, but based on the information about um, the slime popping up, which like the the slime is like the iconic enemy from the Dragon Quest series, it's pretty much a guarantee that we're going to be getting Erdrick, who is like the main character from Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest is a very popular series in Japan. I think these are interesting choices. Like Steve kind of makes sense to me. Um, Erdrick probably does. But I haven't really heard a lot about Doom or the Ninja Garden. It's, but that just could be because I'm not in those circles. It's interesting because Ninja Gaiden and Doom are like two very retro picks. Um, Steve makes sense because of third party. And they had Minecraft back on the Wii U, um, if you didn't know. Yeah, that was um, a big launch late in the system. So... I don't know. It's interesting. I think a lot of people are going to be upset. <laughs> that's that's my initial take on it. I don't it. like. I'm not. I'm not that I'm a huge gamer, but I'm not super excited about it, these. I know the Joker was like big for a lot of people. Persona is a big series. Yeah. And there's there's rumor that Persona Five R, I think, 
uh, is or five S. S. Five S for Switch or one, something one like of, that. One of those. Um, it's likely getting revealed in January, February, March that we'll be getting it. Or it could come up on the next Nintendo Direct. I feel like we're probably going to get a Nintendo Direct um, this week. So, like, by, like by the, by the 10th. Yeah, it, it'll probably get announced on Tuesday and it'll pop up on Thursday or Friday. Like, they'll give us two days notice usually. But I think we'll see an announcement this week and I think we'll have a Direct. Last year we had a Direct Mini around this time. Um, that showcased stuff like um, uh, Mario Tennis Aces. Um, we had a couple uh, ports, um, but nothing really huge. I think right now we need to see. Um, I, I think I think now is a great time to reveal the Dragon Quest uh, Erdrick pick for Smash Bros. Um, I think it's a great time to reveal the release date for Joker. We know Piranha Plant's coming up uh, in February sometime, but that's going to finally get released. And um, we need we need some spring title release dates. There's there's Yoshi's Craft World or something like that. I don't yeah. remember what it's called. It's it's crafty. Um, that has spring 2019 release. Fire Emblem Three Houses has spring 2019 release. Um, there's there's a lot of ports that people are waiting for, like uh, Legend of Zelda Sky, Skyward Sword, um, Twilight Princess. Mario Maker, a lot of the people are waiting for that to hit the Switch. Um, a true, actual, non-port um, Mario Kart game for the Switch. Because if you remember, like, Pokken is a port for the Switch. Mario Kart is a port for the Switch. Like, we got, we have a, a full-blown Mario Party for the Switch game before we had a Mario Party, or a, a Mario Kart for the Switch game. I thought... That's crazy. So wait, the Deluxe... One the deluxe is Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U with all the DLC. Oh, okay. Same thing they did for. I thought it was um, very Pokemon. familiar. Yeah. And that's why when when Smash got you know teased, they were like, "Oh, it's just going to be another port," because you know we've got all these other games that are ports now, and they're just releasing all the DLC with like this Switch version of it. Yeah. And that's why, it, if you remember, when back before, you know. Back during the the Smash Ultimate reveal trailer, um, everybody was like, "Oh, well, it's just going to be a port," because that's what they had been doing at the time. <sighs> I knew it wasn't going to be a port. I mean, yeah. You know how uh, you know how agitated people have been waiting that long for a new um, Smash game, Smash for, it game to be a for it just to be a port when they already had a 3DS and a Wii U version. Like people would have been so upset. <laughs> no, they weren't going to do that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think we're gonna see a direct at some point this week. Um, yeah, they they need to kind of start announcing some of this stuff. Um, Ryu from Ninja Gaiden's an interesting choice. Ninja Gaiden's actually been on Nintendo consoles since I think the Super Nintendo, maybe the NES. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that one. But uh, I don't know. None of, like Joker, Joker and Steve probably grabbed me the most. Um, I think they missed a golden opportunity with some some Square Enix titles, but uh, yeah, interesting interesting choices. So is it confirmed that these are the only DLC characters? They said that they were going to add um, five DLC packs, which had um, a character, a stage, and then a group of music. Which let's let's just be real, the music for the for the Persona Five Joker pack is going to be off like amazing like it's it's going to literally be um worth it 
Like, it's worth $5 alone just to have that. What kind of music is in Minecraft? Uh, that's a good question. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I would play it right now, but I don't want to, I don't want to get de, uh, demonetized (laughs) on, on the show. So... I can't I can't run ads and then also have copyrighted music in the, oh, okay. in the episode. I was like, so. wait a second, this isn't YouTube. Yeah, no. No, I can't do that. But uh Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've never played Minecraft. I've always wanted to. Just as like a meme. Like I've wanted to You know if you ever if you <laughs> I, ever I'm gonna play Minecraft ironically. If you ever stop like if you switch over to Mixer or whatever, you should just play you Minecraft. Play Minecraft. <laughs> on um Twitch. To, like, be, hey, your audience, um, I'm moving, this is where I'm going to be, and I'm playing Minecraft today. <laughs> Fire up some Minesweeper after that. Yeah. Do some snake. Play a little solitaire. Hook up, hook up a Nokia from, like, 2002. Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Doom guy makes a lot of sense, too, because they made a big deal about the port for, uh, for Doom on the Switch, which is still only 30 FPS, which I feel like a lot of people were... Not happy that it wasn't 60 frames per second, but I don't know. If you look at the original Doom game, I don't see why anybody's complaining. Um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting choices. I feel like a lot of these were really big in Japan. Um, probably Doom and Steve being bigger over in the West. I feel like Steve is just like a very recognizable character and pretty much everywhere because of how big Minecraft got. Yeah. So that just makes sense to me. Which, that is the order also, by the way. The uh, the leaker, or rumor setter. Um, what, was, what was his name again? Um, Mr. Anonymous... Desperate? Desperate, yeah. <laughs> Mister, yeah, Mr. Anonymous Desperate. Rip. Uh, so we're getting Joker, then Erdrick, then Ryu, then Steve, then Doomguy. Which I feel like ending on Steve would have been a better play, too. Because, like, while, while Doom does have a very strong... Like popularity, I feel like maybe Minecraft. It, Minecraft is a meme. Yeah, well, maybe it has to do with when they release it. Like if they release Doom around like October or something like that. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they they might be timing it with ports. Like, um, I know we're getting Dragon Quest Seven. There's there's some Dragon Quest coming to the Switch. I can't remember what number it is. Um, but I, I feel like that's gonna, that's almost gonna coincide with the Airdrick release, um, just based on the order, because I know it's in, like, the, the first half of the year, and I feel like they're gonna space this out. I feel like our fifth character will probably be likely early 2020 that we get it, and so I think we're gonna see one every three months or so. 2020 is so soon. I know. I feel so old. 2019 is gonna be a good year for Nintendo, though. 2018 was pretty meh. But 2017 was uh, was a hell of a year for Nintendo. You started with Breath of the Wild and ended on Super Mario Odyssey. Like I don't I don't know when Nintendo's had that stellar of a year in in recent decade history. It's been so good. Um, but you know we're we're primed right now. We've got um, Fighter DLC for uh, for Ultimate getting released throughout the year. We've got a Yoshi title and a Fire Emblem title. Which is the first Fire Emblem game to be on a console of Nintendo since uh, Radiant Dawn on the Wii. Mm-hmm. You remember how long ago that was? Um, yeah, Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing's coming up probably 
May? I feel like that's a summer title. I think we're going to see that in the summer, early fall. Um, and then, of course, we've got the Gen 8 mainstream, quote-unquote, uh, Pokemon title coming out later, probably this fall. I don't know. They've done a May release before with, um, I think, one or both of the Gen 5 games. I feel like they keep releasing but things, like, in October, November. November's always a big month for them just because, like, that's that's the holiday season. Yeah. Like, that's, that's when people are spending the most money. I, uh, I don't know, like... Because, theoretically, the Pokemon, or Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu games aren't, like, I think they keep trying to say that they're mainstream, like, the main series games, but they may, they may be not. Well, the so, director of Pokemon Company said they should be treated as main series They should be treated titles. as it. So, I don't know if that's indicating whether or not you're going to get the, the next game sooner rather than later, or vice no, versa. They, they, they pledged it for 2019. Yeah, but I'm, not, I think, I'm saying they're not going to, like, release that game in, like, November, and then in February release the next one. That's just too soon. Well, no, why would they? Because <laughs> it's not too Pokemon, right, Pokemon statistically has a November release. Yeah, so... The only time they have um, fallen outside of that, I think, was maybe with the Gen 1 games, but that's when they were localized. And then, like I said, Gen 5, one or both of them were um, released around April or May. So, there's, traditionally they're in, um... Do you think they're going to have just one game, or are they going to have, like, they've done traditionally... No, they'll have two. Two. It's it's money. It's money in their pocket. They'll do two. Um, There's a reason why they did two of Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Like, they could have easily just done Let's Go Pikachu, because it was a yellow remake. But they chose to do a Pikachu and an Eevee, because your rival had an Eevee. So, I mean, I don't don't think they're going to... I don't think they're going to deviate from that from that plan. Um, I'm definitely over buying both of the Pokemon games at this point, just because. Um, but yeah, I, I think they'll they'll probably stick to that. It'll be just as good as it needs to be, and I would predict that they'll have a quote unquote generation game every other year, and a let's go game in between those release years. So you're going to get a, a Pokemon game on Switch every year throughout think, the Switch's life cycle. So do you think the next, like, Let's Go whatever is going to be like, Gen, Gen 2. 2? Yep. Um, I'm going to say Let's Go Togepi and Meryl. Meryl would be a good one. That's what I'm going to say. Because your rival had a Meryl, and there was this big thing about you getting a Togepi. Like, it, they, they could do starters, but I don't think they'll do that. Because then you have to... You, well. No one's picking Chikorita, so you'd have to pick between Totatile and Cyndaquil. Slam, burn on Chikorita fans. Um, but I, I think Togepi and Meryl make a lot more sense because they were like the baby Pokemon that got introduced. Yeah. And they were like a big deal. So, yeah. I can I can see them doing that with uh, with future future titles for sure. Um, but I don't think they'll... Because I, I think if you stick to like the traditional starter options, it takes away from the main series line. Yeah, I think you, you know have to I mean? do something different. Because you, then, you know, you'd, you'd be picking the same starters in every game. And I don't think they're trying to do that. I think they're trying to appeal to a younger audience and picking baby Pokemon or cute Pokemon would be a better way to do that. So, um, But I do know that Fire Emblem Fest is happening in May yeah. in Japan. And we're getting a spring release, supposedly, <laughs> uh, for Fire Emblem Three Houses. Do you think they'll, like, co- coincide them together? I think it'll have something to do with that, yeah. I really do. Because um, Fire Emblem, 
as, as popular as Heroes is in the States uh, and across the world in general, it's still the biggest deal in Japan. And so I think they're going to have something with that. Um, keep in mind, too, that three uh, the, the Fire Emblem Switch game was supposed to come out in 2018. Um, but it got pushed back two years, I think. So, um, you know, it, it kind of had a Breath of the Wild situation where it got pushed back and it was held up in development. Um, we're having similar similar thoughts with uh, Metroid Prime 4 and Bayonetta 3. We know those games are on the radar, but we haven't heard anything about them. Um, <laughs> so it's gonna be it's gonna be a stellar year for Nintendo this year. I, I just think they need to have a direct pop up in January um, to uh, to kind of to kind of lay the groundwork. Because remember, E three is coming up pretty soon. Like we're not that far away from E three, and we get another direct there. So I think it's in Nintendo's best interest to kind of give us something to tie us over. Um, before E3, so they can kind of build up some hype for that. Um, at least touch base with everything to like let people know they didn't forget about them. Because um, anybody who wasn't f- following Fire Emblem like forgot that Fire Emblem on Switch was a thing. Because they announced it back when they debuted Warriors. Like we were still we were living in our second apartment in North Carolina at the time, and it was like the the Switch announcement. Yeah. That that direct. Like when they were when they showed the switch, yeah, Nintendo NX Project NX. It was the switch. It was that reveal video, yeah, that they showed uh, stuff like that. Like that's when the Fire Emblem game was teased. And that was a long. That was before the switch existed. <laughs> so they need to kind of like start talking about this stuff. And uh, people are definitely primed for Metroid. They're definitely primed for Bayonetta three, and. Um, it's interesting because the the majority of DLC characters that have supposedly been leaked, we have not heard anything about it. Um, we know that Doom got ported, and we're going to be getting a Dragon Quest game. We don't know that Persona is coming to the Switch. We don't know that a new Ninja Gaiden is coming to the Switch. Um, we have the old Ninja Gaiden games in Virtual, I think. Um, and you know you can't play Minecraft on the Switch either. No. So I don't. I don't really know. These seem like weird picks right now, but I'm sure everything will fall into place. Um, but yeah. Anyway, that's the show. <laughs> I, I, that's I, all I got. I, I'm talked out. Yeah, Jenna's done. She she clocked out a while ago. Um, but hey, listen. Thank you so much for listening. I want to thank everybody who supports over on Twitch.tv/CantoCast for the time being, as well as over on YouTube. And uh, if you're just listening, or if you support us here over at uh, anchor.fm slash candlecast slash support, uh, you're, doing, you're doing fantastic work by helping keeping everything I do afloat. So thank you for that. I love you, and I appreciate you. And even if you just listen for the heck of it, I appreciate you too. Um, we hope you have enjoyed this episode of Candlecast. If you do, be sure to uh, find us on social media and tell us how much you liked it. And if you don't, I'll just assume you hated it. And then my self-esteem will tank, and I'll have a really bad start to 2019. That was a little harsh. No guilt tripping at all. Not intended. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, for Jenna, I am Brian. And we will catch you next time on an all-new episode of CantoCast.